0: Hi there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. A beautiful Sunday night, August 23rd, 2020. He is Tristan H. Cockcroft winning all his fantasy sports leagues. Kyle Sapi is our excellent researcher and producer until he's not, and I'm merely Eric Carabell, just happy to be here. Tristan, how was your weekend?
1: It was good. Enjoyable as always, you know. <laughs> back to it on Sunday night. Got to talk some baseball.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, another injury-filled weekend. Another weekend don't of don't go to the clo-
1: injuries. No,
0: closer <laughs> carousel, just ridiculousness. It's like one, I, 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 one of my teams. I've gone through five or six relievers already. All closers. They all keep getting hurt, and you know what are you going to do? It's a weird season. Um, we're going to talk about the injuries and the closers and the combo meals. Sunday, what might have been the biggest combo meal day ever? Can you even like quantify that? <laughs>
1: Biggest and, combo meal day. Yeah, that would pick me. I, I could look it up. It would take me a few minutes. Though. I, be,
0: I bet Tom, the intern, could figure that out, even if he you can't. Yeah, I mean, last count, I mean, Mookie just had two and two, which is a name for that. That's a supersize, right?
1: The double double.
0: Six today. That's a lot. Anyway, That's let's a get months. to Make
1: it. Up for the first week where there weren't any,
0: could be. Uh, What should we lead with today? Because we don't want to ever lead with injuries. So let's lead with Jose Abreu, who I wanted to look this up to see because it's always – you know he's always on my underrated list. Um, You know, it's always safe homers, safe RBI. Uh, 2018 maybe not so much, but 2019 he led the league in RBIs, and everything looked fine with him. And I looked this figure. All right, he was probably like a fifth or sixth. He was an eighth-round pick, Tristan jose abreu was an eighth round pick and i'm trying to figure out why
1: perception of the depth of first base which is an erroneous assumption and you and i talked about that in the preseason we said that abreu was going as a pretty good value i remember i inched him up a good amount in my rankings at the beginning of july in fact uh yeah i mean he's not an mvp candidate i mean no no how terrible, right? <laughs> but first base falls off the table not too far after him.
0: So, I mean, I'm looking to see where he went. I mean, obviously, if you could do it today, you would take Abreu over Josh Bell. <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, you would take him – I mean, he went only a little bit ahead of Reese Hoskins. You would take him ahead of Max Muncie. You would take him ahead of Goldschmidt. Would you take Abreu or Goldschmidt right now for the rest of the season?
1: Mm. Interesting. The because fact you even have to
0: th- do that
1: yeah and and you know i i probably would still stick with goldschmidt and part of that has to good has to do with more games remaining and i know you've said that the doubleheader seven innings you lose two innings in the game but it's still greater volume for goldschmidt
0: let me ask you this and call me crazy if you want but do you think of what is he 30 now he's at least 30 right
1: at least do yeah you,
0: do you think he's doing this because of the great because the lineup is a lot better around him than it was in previous seasons. I mean, think about the players that were not on this roster last year. I'm trying to think of what, what, what you know, Tim Anderson won a batting title last year. So it's not like the cover was bereft. And Eloy Jimenez did hit 30 home runs. But they had, a you know, Moncada was good. But Eloy did not get on base and they had almost nothing in center or right. And nothing at second base. Now this White Sox lineup is just fan is fantastic. It's one of the best in the, in the sport. Do you think that could be part of this? Uh, Phillies just hit another home run. It would be nice if the Phillies like had like a fourteen nothing lead, so their bullpen couldn't blow it. But you know, I guess I can't. That, <laughs> but why? So I guess I'm, what it. I'm getting at here is yeah. is why now? Why in his you know what sixth season is he doing this?
1: seven. I I, I think you're a little onto something with the lineup because he is leading the league in RBI. That doesn't explain the home run so much. Um, It it also could just be the sample size that he just happened to get hot at this particular time on the calendar. Um, The one thing that's changed for him, I mean, most of the underlying numbers don't really say he's doing much different this year, except that he's making a greater amount of hard contact. That's up. He's. I believe it's 56% if I just saw that a second ago. 56%, yeah.
0: So I looked up Abreu the last couple of years because I had him on a sim team. And it turns out he wasn't doing much of anything against right-handed pitching. Low on base percentage, pretty average slugging. He was hitting home runs because he was getting a lot of plate appearances. He's durable. But he did a lot of his damage last year. He hit like 360 against lefties. And I was thinking, all right, this is not a special player. Now it's a guy that's hitting everybody. He's killing right-handed pitching. And maybe it is because of the lineup around him. Whatever the case is, White Sox have a, a heck of an offense. And they're going to have this offense for a long time too, which is oh, really you've you jinxed
1: for injuries. Don't do that. <laughs> Let's just enjoy it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking Abreu. Abreu homered how many times in the last week? He had two on Sat. Like he had he three had on Saturday. Three.
1: He homered four at bats in a row.
0: Two on Friday, three on Saturday, one today in his first at bat. So he is. He's going to win Player of the Week honors. He's not the number one player on the player radar over the past week. You know who he is? It's his teammate Tim Anderson.
1: Actually, when we get the Monday update, I wonder where he'll go in comparison to Tim Anderson. I didn't compare his numbers today against Anderson's. Hmm. Yeah, right. he might he might gain on him.
0: Let's move on. Um, obviously, you're you're rostering Abreu and Anderson in every league, Luis Robert as well, and Eloy, and it's just that's going to be a fun offense for the next decade. Um, okay, uh, the Astros. I want to talk about them. Michael Brantley came off the disabled list, off the injured list and batted six today, and Kyle Tucker was cleanup. That's kind of interesting. They like Kyle Tucker, and he hit another homer today, didn't he? So, Sunday. Obviously, you're listening on Monday, everybody, but we're talking Sunday here. So, that's he had a first-inning home run, and I'm thinking, there. this is interesting. Kyle Tucker's not getting on base, but he can steal a base. He's got four home runs. I don't know. I mean, Alex Bregman's on the injured list, so they moved Correa finally up in the lineup. He's hitting 300, but... It's just, it, that interests me that Kyle Tucker, Kyle Tucker's going to play every day. And we said this, like, I, I want to see what Abraham Toro does. It's a low batting average right now. And obviously when Bregman comes back, he won't play. But there's an opportunity here. Like, I still think if Toro hits. And then with the Braves and Pache, Posh, not even in the lineup anymore. Basically, they said the only reason they called him up, they didn't tell us this at the time, but the only reason they called him up is because he was on the 40-man They needed another outfielder. Acuna will be off the injury list in a day or two. But your thoughts on the Astros? Is that interesting to you, that Kyle Tucker clean up today?
1: So Tucker moving into the cleanup spot is interesting to me because if he locks into that spot for the rest of the year, there's still enough in that lineup to bolster some of his other numbers. Um, I I can't classify him a post-hype sleeper because, I mean, I I ranked him rather well, and then I thought I was – (laughs) <laughs> wrong on him at the beginning of the year but I, I think he's in a pretty good spot to to perform well fills five categories like him but i like your toro discussion i mean if toro gets a decent number of bats at least in AL only leagues there could be a little something there
0: all right so we saw a couple more um uh, right handers debut over the weekend Sixto sanchez of miami and uh the well-named tristan mckenzie of cleveland um who do you like more the rest of the season gotta you... like
1: a Nick. Nate- Kinda of like a guy named Tristan. Come on, I
0: mean, but it spelled differently. It's it was O N an and not. Was... Shh,
2: don't say that.
1: Okay, don't say that. He just, I won't say he that. Misspelled it. I'll correct it. I'll get the uh, the the little uh, blue marker and you know correct that.
0: Maybe you misspelled it, or your mama. maybe I
1: did. <laughs>
0: um, do we need to add these guys? So Nate Pearson, Spencer Howard. It hasn't worked out. I don't want to read into that, but. When it comes to 6-0 Sanchez and Tristan McKenzie, who are not regarded as well as Pearson and uh, Howard, do you add them for this week? Do you leave them active? McKenzie probably gets another start, but then Cleveland has to recall their, their other guys, the 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 ones who behave poorly. Um, and they should. I mean, if they want to win, make the playoffs, I mean, Clevenger and Plesuck are going to help them do that. So I guess Sanchez has a clearer path to starts than McKenzie does.
1: Yeah, I think Sanchez is here to stay as long as he doesn't get obliterated. I mean, that, a rotation spot is his. And McKenzie has to deal with what happens when Clevenger and Plesek come back. Now, they can push him back by another year of service time, but that that's about, I think it's three and ten days respectively. So it's going to come up pretty soon for him anyway. But McKenzie was very impressive. The strikeouts were very impressive in the, uh, the, the debut start. And, you know, he's in that central division. There are going to be some good matchups there for him.
0: Uh, looking at the most added list, I would not have guessed the most added player is Wilmer Flores of the Giants, but uh, I'll give you three names. You rank them for me. Rest of the season, Wilmer Flores, Randall Grichuk, Tommy LaStella, all r- r- roughly rostered at like 65% right now.
1: So Grichuk clearly ahead of the other two. Uh, I think it's kind of close between Lestella Why? Why not
0: or- Stella? Because LaStella seems to be safer in batting average than Grichuk, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well Randy Tomlin just giving up Homer after Homer to the Phillies here. Um like
1: Randy I think, Tomlin. <laughs> Josh Tomlin.
0: Showing my age. You remember um, Josh
1: Tomlin from our Sims. Come on, he's Mr. Home Runs.
0: He was good for me last year. Um Lestella versus Gritchick, I can make the case, I think, for Lestella. I I think he's legit. That's a batting average and home run guy. And Gritchick's just a home run guy. You
1: you could, yeah, but I have to counter that Lestella with the injury issues, the fact that it was one year last year. Are you really ready to buy into that level? I mean, Gritchick, I don't think Gritchick is a special player. I, I've, I've felt like he's been overrated for a while, but he is one who does give you a decent amount of playing time. I think there's a little more trust there.
0: Fair enough. Joey Bort, top 10 catcher this year?
1: Yeah, considering the catcher position, maybe. I, I lean to no. I'll, I'll be ranking him outside my top 10, but not by much.
0: I mean, like if I said to you, Tristan, um, Joey Bart versus Wilson Ramos, who's doing nothing. You could make the case that Bart has a better shot at at fantasy value, I I think.
1: Yeah, you could. I mean, after all, Ramos is playing like 60-40% compared to whoever his backup is at any given time.
0: I mean, I'm looking at some of the catchers that are rostered in more leagues here. And I, I just, I'm not, I mean, Sean Murphy's doing nothing. Gary Sanchez, we've been over. They didn't play this weekend, so it's a little unfair. Your boy Carson Kelly, like Carson Kelly versus Joey Bart? I I might just take Bart right now and see what happens. I'm serious.
1: No, I could see that. I mean, the other thing, too, is the Diamondbacks like to roster three catchers. So there's a playing time question. I think that you put Bart on this roster, you got to play him.
0: Let's get to some of the injuries, unfortunately. Strasburg of the Nationals is done for the season with nerve surgery. Um, Where do you think you would rank Steven Strasburg for 2021? Because I'm thinking can't be top 10, but shouldn't be further out than that. Like, I'm thinking, like, 12 to 14. Is that, is that yeah. too much? Too generous?
1: 12 is the first number I thought of.
0: Okay. So we're on the same page here. Because we assume that they'll fix this, and then for next season it'll be fine. <laughs> I do, at least. Maybe that's great. I would hope.
1: Um, <laughs> I, would, I mean, the other thing, too, is they, they do have hope that he could come back for the playoffs. So it's not something that's going that's very likely to linger into next season.
0: Um, you want to spend the next 45 minutes on your Yankees? I, this is ridiculous.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> <Must would be? laughs> you,
0: look, first, the positive. Would you activate Aaron Judge in a fantasy in a weekly league for this week?
1: So, no. And I hate really? giving you the no. Uh, there's a reason for the no. He's there's either going to be some question about what the structure of their games are because of the Mets games. They are currently slated for five games. That could change before anybody even listens to this. And DeGrom is going to pitch at least one of those Mets games. He might pitch two of them if they dump in one of the Monday games. So the matchups aren't great for judging that first week. That's the one bit of caution. It's little volume and not some great matchups.
0: Okay, I wasn't expecting that, but because they say they're going to activate him Tuesday, but you're right, they may not play Tuesday because of this. No, they would
1: play Tuesday because that's the that's the Braves series, but that's a two game series, day off Mets for the three games.
0: Okay, so are you more likely to activate Ronald Acuna?
1: (laughs) So, in his case. He is the advantage of facing Garrett Cole the first game if he's activated Tuesday. And then the rest of his matchups are great. So I feel a little bit better there. But I also think that he's a little bit less certain to come back on that day. So it's uh, to me, it's it's a complete guess on the two players. I'd love to be able to wait until Tuesday in my leagues to make that decision on each of the two if your lineup doesn't lock them.
0: Glaber, Torres and Chris Bryant. Who do you feel more comfortable with for the rest of the season? Torres. So that's a hamstring. He says he'll be back in two weeks. Chris Bryant, it doesn't sound like it's going to take him two weeks. So I'm a little surprised to hear you say that.
1: It's I I think we've raised the questions about Bryant's production even when he's healthy. And I mean he's dealt with some injuries a little bit. You know, mild nagging things over the well, past two to three years. We've
0: certainly raised questions about Michael George when he's not facing Baltimore.
1: I'm being a homer. Hey, God, you really lead on the Baltimore thing. <laughs> how but can I not, Tristan?
0: I, I'm just like, uh. Glaber Torres for the season is batting 231 with one home run, Tristan. And that's in 24 games. Now, yeah, small sample size caveat. Walk rate is fine versus his K rate. It's all good, but it's not like he's hitting doubles. He has three extra base hits in 91 plate appearances and they face Baltimore. So I'm just saying, yeah. I don't want to give Glaber Torres too much credit. I think you can make the case for Chris Bryant over Glaber Torres right now.
1: You could. I'm just you know, you're you're giving me two names, I'm gonna go with Taurus. Uh
0: cut James Paxton, I assume.
1: It's a case where if you have the ability to place him on your injured spot, I would wait. If you need the roster spot, yeah.
0: Paxton versus Bumgarner, one roster one IL spot. Who is it?
1: Oh man.
0: Well that's why I asked, because Bumgarner come back I,
1: soon. I know he is. He's probably coming back next uh next weekend. Um
0: it's got to be Bumgarner. You can't you can't no. wait another oh. month for James Paxton. You He's can't. not as
1: good as Paxton.
0: Yeah, but That's James Paxton problem. might make two more starts. You know that. If Paxton makes only two more starts and Bumgarner makes seven, it's it's no comparison.
1: So so here's what I'm going to ask. Is it better to wait for the guy who could give you better production even if it's only two starts if you think the other one is going to give you bad stats the whole rest of the year? Because Bumgarner, the way he was pitching before he was injured, I mean, he's not starting for me this week. He will have to earn his spot back in my lineup.
0: I feel compelled to point out to you that James Paxton is not exactly Sandy Koufax right now. His ERA is 6'6". No, I know, I know, I know. And last year, his ERA was the same as Bumgarner's, 382. Now, obviously, Bumgarner left San Francisco. But I think you're giving Paxton too much credit. I'm dumping him right now. Dumping him.
1: Yeah, I probably am.
0: I mean, if it's Paxton versus Verlander... I'm definitely keeping Verlander if it's Paxton versus I'm trying to think of like players who are out like a month and we might get to, two weeks. That's all we're going to get out of him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, to I,
1: think of another for them.
0: somebody made me a trade offer for Robbie Ray today. It wasn't a good one, but I hadn't realized just he's leading the major leagues in walks with 25 and 27 innings. I feel like I got to wait. I got to yeah, wait.
1: He's well, you have to wait. You haven't seen enough?
0: Uh, this is an NL only league.
1: <laughs> oh, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, so understandably. I, you're you're in a tough spot. I, If you could get out of <laughs> – if you could move on in a way that's not going to be selling at $0.40 cents on the dollar, I'd be moving on. I've watched enough. He's laboring. He is. That game, I, I saw a good amount of that game, and he did he, – he's laboring. He's not hitting his spots. He doesn't have the control. I'd be moving on. You would trade
0: him. So you could activate Tanner, uh, Tyler Anderson.
1: I mean, what are you getting in the trade?
0: The, an upgrade from uh, Manny Pena to Yadier Molina.
1: Yeah, I would take that.
0: Okay, well, maybe I'll think about that. Um, we'll see if I get uh, Brandon Workman tonight in that league.
1: Uh, oh, I want to know what you bid since we're past the deadline. No, I'm, I'm going after. We're not uh, past, past the Workman. deadline. Oh.
0: Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're past the deadline because nobody will be. Li- listening tonight um i could change the bid oh, okay you th- i still have all hundred dollars this is nl labor should i bid yeah. more than
1: 40 41 i think if you want him yes
0: i'm not sure i do he's he's on the phillies their, their staff era bullpen is like eight and a half uh, so i
1: put in what was the equivalent of 45 out of 100 in Wars. i also like you have i i was i'd be just as comfortable getting six sanchez at a lower rate, so I him. had other options.
0: Well, I, I could raise the bid, but I'd like to keep some money around. Um, looks like uh, Dansby Swanson just hit a double off my boy, Zach Eflin. Uh, all right, let's get to some uh, What else here? Injuries, Byron Buxton on the injury list. That was a shock. Hunter Pence got cut, so you cut him too. Uh, let's get your trivia question in here while we think about it.
1: All right, trivia, trivia that Eric won't know. But he really should know, actually, today. (laughs) You really should know this trivia today because it is uh, centering on the uh, great pitching duo of the Cincinnati Reds, Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray. As you know, both of them have sub-250 ERAs and sub-1 whips. And by the way, if you look at their individual numbers, they're pitching a little better than that. But those are the thresholds. A sub-250 ERA and a sub-1 whip, I would like you to name the only team and the pitching duo in the fantasy era. So 1984, there's one team that had two pitchers who did this. They were ERA qualified. They had a sub-250 ERA and a sub-1 whip. Name the team and the pitchers.
0: You're the worst. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, you should know this one.
0: Well, you're you're saying it's the Phillies then.
1: No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying that you should know this one.
0: The Diamondbacks come to mind, but uh, yeah, I mean it's not Chill and Randy. Um think it
1: over a little. It'll
0: be way bit. too easy.
1: Let it it's simmer. Not
0: it's not Pedro. He didn't have any teammates. Um <laughs> Okay, I got to give us some thought. Um Now, sing the uh, all right. So combo meals. Wow, let's do this next.
1: Combo okay. meal. Dee, 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 dee. Combo. Combo. Dee, 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 dee. De, 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 de. it's a combo meal home run plus steal. <laughs> I've lost my mind. Uh,
0: I think that might be true. Um, all right, Freddie Freeman with a two-run double. The Phillies are going to blow this lead. I, I already know it. I, I, I'm i kind of like at the point now, after watching the 76ers this afternoon, I'm like, you know what, whatever. Okay, at least I got to enjoy some of their games. I didn't really enjoy them. But this Phillies pitching staff, man. I, I just can't I just I just can't. All right, combo meals. Uh Thursday, Tim Anderson and Eric Hosmer. Hosmer's first in more than two years. Hosmer's having a good year. Are you buying?
1: Kind of. And a little of it has to do with just the first base thing I mentioned before. I've noticed he's performing a little bit better. Um you know I, I, I feel like he's a corner infield type and not much more than that.
0: Uh, Saturday, Sam Hilliard of the Rockies struggling for playing time, but he's starting to play more than Matt Kemp, which he should. I never said that I thought Hilliard shouldn't play over camp. I thought the Rockies wouldn't play him over camp, but now that's changing as well. And then Sunday, uh, a cornucopia of combo meals here. Um,
1: You are Mr. Vocabulary. I love it. Well done.
0: (laughs) Including the Mookie Betts 2 and 2, the really supersized double dip dip combo meal. Uh, also, Manny Machado, Nico Goodrum, Gregory Polanco, how about that name from the past, Kevin Pillar and Teoscar Hernandez. So Teoscar Hernandez seems to me to be Randall Gritchick with speed, <laughs> a little bit of speed, not a lot of speed, um, but he's the same as Randall Gritchick. That's a low batting, a low batting average, low on base guy with with big power and striking out a lot.
1: Yeah. That seems kind of fair. Hernandez, uh, actually, I think at the very very beginning of the year, he was performing at a level that people were starting to really buy in on him. And he looks a lot more like his normal self in the couple weeks since.
0: Are you, uh, Gregory Polanco, last I looked on Polanco, he was having a terrible season. And then I think the last two days, he did some special things. So is it, there's no way I would buy on Gregory Polanco. He entered today batting 120. Uh, Now he, he entered yesterday, about it, he entered Saturday hitting 085 for the season. Now, with a lot of strikeouts, I no, I don't want any piece of Gregory.
1: He's a up. he's a very streaky player. He kind of always has been. He's also played through some injuries which explains some of the slumps in his career. I don't know if that was the case at the beginning of this season. If it's an NL only league, I'd take a chance. I wouldn't be investing much.
0: All right, uh, sing the closer carousel song, if you will.
1: Uh, You do
0: such a good job of singing. I I don't know why anybody would not like this. I really don't. Um, Anyway, um, so Brandon Workman and Heath Hembree got traded to Philadelphia before the weekend. And I don't think there's any doubt that Workman will be the Phillies' closer over Hector Neris, who's having a terrible season. And maybe that's part of the reason why the Phillies overpaid with a decent prospect and workman they only have on their roster from he's going to be in the organization for like 35 days and that's it cuz they're not making the playoffs and he's a free agent after this Narris has has actually retired only half of the hitters he has faced this season 17 of the 34 so Brandon Workman now with a Phillies team that's a little better in Boston obviously but still not a good team did Brandon Workman get consideration for top 10 closer cuz i can't find 10 right now there's just it's a mess
1: yeah, that's, that's just it. I mean, I, it's hard to find 10. So I could see him getting in there. Uh, we got to note that him coming over there, if Nerys can improve in a setup capacity and Hembry boosts this bullpen that had nobody... You, you know it. He, they had nobody. They had nobody performing. They have been had one of the worst bullpens in all of baseball. Maybe he's going to get enough volume. And I like the fact that it was uh, it, him coming on in the eighth. It wasn't just a traditional ninth inning um, save. So if he gets... I mean, I'm thinking of 162 games, to gets 75 innings, the equivalent of that for the rest of this year. I think he could be top 10. I Look, you bid 41. I bid about 45. I think we're pretty serious about him. We're not all in, but we're close.
0: So if I ask you the rest of the season, Workman, Ryan Presley, or Razel Iglesias?
1: It's probably Workman, Iglesias, Presley for me. All
0: right, that's fair. How about you? Um, I was gonna say I still think Presley over Workman, but well, actually, Iglesias is clearly their closer, so Iglesias should be the first guy there. No injury problems, no no competition. Although Presley doesn't have any competition either. That's a tough one. It's a tough one, actually. Um, I don't know what I would do there, but I, I do think Workman will be Philadelphia's closer, and Boston now will turn to Matt Barnes, but they rarely have stave chances.
1: I'm, yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you don't lock in Workman. I mean, Girardi, after the trade, said he was going to think it over, and then Workman's in there to close that game in the first the, – like, the very well, day the, he said that.
0: The, the, the reason why is Naris has had Narris against Freddie Freeman in his career was like one for 12. So he wanted Narris to face the top of the lineup. Sometimes that means that a guy is still the closer. So Alec Boehm mm-hmm. is not a good third baseman, man. Oh, boy. They're gonna to have to move him to DH. Alec Bohm can't play third base regularly. I'm sorry. Wow. Um yeah. I don't know why I'm watching this game in the corner of my eye. Um most saves for the rest of the season. I wonder, season for- it's
1: because it's the Phillies. Come on, like me with the Yanks last week.
0: Most saves rest of the season for the Chicago Cubs. Because Craig Kimbrell got one this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's Danny a great question.
0: In a setup role today, Sunday, for Jeremy Jeffries, and there was no sign of Rowan Wick. So I don't have any idea who the closer is on the Cubs. Do you?
1: I don't. And after the game, David Ross said that Kimbrel was not the closer, that he was looking at it as a committee. It made it sound like it was Roan Wick, Roan Wick, Rowan Wick, but that he would consider Jeffress and he'd consider Kimbrel on certain nights. But the way Kimbrel looked in that one game, there's upside. I feel, like, I feel like I need to tell people that's where your investment should be.
0: Well, today, Sunday, Kimbrel came in, two walks, two strikeouts, and he got lifted for Jeffress, who got four outs. Mm-hmm. So I think that tells, tells us a lot. Kimbrel couldn't throw strikes today.
1: Yeah, um, fair, fair. It's it, He's he's so risk-reward. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't sure. think there's I,
0: any reward anymore. I, I don't think it's – I think it's – I still think it's Wick over Jeffers, but then why didn't Wick pitch today? Um, Drew Pomerantz gifted an opportunity to close, and now he's on the injury list. So Emilio Pagan goes from the seventh inning to the eighth inning to the ninth inning. Isn't that unbelievable? Yep. yep. And, and you could say Emilio Pagan versus Ryan Presley, and I I'd be – I might go either way there. Honestly,
1: I might only reason I I actually would hesitate. Well, Padres are playing so well. There are there's going to be a decent number of save chances. The setup capacity, the setup core behind Pagan now is a little suspect to me.
0: Oh, and Houston's isn't.
1: No, I mean, that's one of the problems I have with Presley. And by the way, Presley has not looked as sharp this year. If you watch a pitch, he's not. It's this is not the Presley of two years ago, or during that, during that half half year of elite production last year. He's had a- every
0: Tampa Bay reliever is on the injury list: Chaz Rowe, Nick Anderson, Oliver Drake. I guess Diego Castillo is next man up, but today it was somebody else. I just I don't think you need a roster or a raise. They're saying that Nick Anderson could be back in two weeks, but I think I might drop him. I don't. I don't. You know, it's a forearm. How's that going to end well?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, I still I'll tell you, I still feel out of the Rays bullpen. I don't care where the saves are. The only guy I care about is Anderson.
0: I don't why though. Like now he's clearly hurt. So like what are you what are you hoping for? He might get five saves the rest of the year. He might not even get five.
1: Right, right. But if assuming he can work through that and be healthy enough for this year, he's still going to give me the best DRA whip in case. It's going back All to right. your column the other day about how yeah, non closers who wow, can give you, you good re- fantasy production. I still think he's a very good pitcher.
0: I, I'm going to cry. You read my work. I can't believe you read my work. Why would you do that? Are are, are you an ESPN Plus ESPN Insider? <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I fortunately
1: I Plus. I fortunately am. Um, yes, everybody should um, be.
0: <laughs> enough of the closers. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the week ahead, and we'll start with your forecaster because that's awesome. Uh, So please tell us what to watch for. There's a picture of Estrubal Cabrera leading the ESPN Fantasy Baseball page. Does that mean it's a good week for your Nationals?
1: It absolutely is a good week for your Nationals. Not only that, the Rockies actually have a home series this week. Three games, and they did not grade the best on the hitting side. It was clearly Washington. They've got the Miami game at home. They've got three at home against Philly. Sorry! I know it's your Phillies and then three games in Boston and we know the Boston rotation. So they have a lot of weak and suspect pitching and weaker bullpens to beat up on. And I think Cabrera, who is still available in a small handful of leagues is well. Worth adding Luis Garcia, the rookie, another guy to consider based on these matchups. I would pick him up. I'd start him right away.
0: Um, okay. That's interesting. So you like Luis Garcia. All
1: right.
0: I didn't see that coming. Um, okay. Okay. So let's look at the schedule here. Monday, there's a game on ESPN. It's Ryan Castellani of the Rockies at Arizona, Merrill Kelly at 930. You do not want Ryan Castellani on your fantasy team if you can help it. Uh, Framber Valdez at home against the Angels. That interests me. Brad Keller at St. Louis. I want to see. Brad Keller still hasn't allowed a run. Is that right?
1: Brad Keller, yeah, he's had a couple of good games. I, I, Brad Keller is doing a little bit of what we've been talking about with Randy Dobnak, where. Despite skills that don't support it, the numbers are great.
0: And Dobnak just wins every outing, by the way. We're, we're going to be in the last week of September, and you're going to be like, I still don't I, I still don't like Robin, Randy Dobnak yet. I'm going to be like, he's already made all Actually, the starts for the season.
1: But remember, I said, I'm, I'm a buyer now. The problem I have is the year-over-year investments in pitchers like that.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think I'll – he could end up with a 225 ERA this season, and next year he might not make the top 50 starting pitchers. Right? Yeah, uh, first game yeah. fir- First game of Monday, by the way, for the week, for those of you in weeklies, is, is at 3.10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Blake Snell, who's really good now again. So uh, please get your lineups in early for the week because they don't start at 7 o'clock. Uh, Tuesday, nothing on ESPN. Must be a lot of NBA. Um, let's see who is interesting here. Tyler Glass now against Baltimore. If you can't do well there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now Baltimore's Especially- hit
1: it. Especially pushing him back a day like that. I believe they gave him an extra day's rest for this.
0: I added Sean Manaya in a league. There, He's at Texas on Tuesday. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But Minaya's last outing was okay. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens. Um, man, you do not want to face the Padres. Marco Gonzalez at the Padres. But Marco Gonzalez did fine against the Dodgers last week in their place. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fernando Tatis is going to win the MVP award.
1: By the way, um, I, I have to say when you mentioned the Dodgers, I have to eat my words on Kyle Freeland, who pitched all right against the Dodgers. I was expecting I more. Told you would. I told you
0: he would. I don't know what. You, I know. I feel like I feel like Freeland and Dobnak. You're gonna we're gonna be having this conversation in a month, and it's gonna be too late. Like people need to know now. I, I'm investing. Doesn't mean you have to. But you win your leagues. I finished second. Um, Julio Aureus and Johnny Cueto. I, you know, I think I can ask you. Who do you like more? Now, obviously, Cueto has to face the Dodgers. That's a problem. But Cueto's pitching well. And, yeah. and the Dodgers aren't letting their starters go deep into the games.
1: They're not, and they're also going out of their way to make sure each pitcher gets five days rest. So they are very concerned about workload. I still am going to go with Arias's upside in the start.
0: Okay. I think I would too. Wednesday, ESPN does have a doubleheader if uh, they allow it. Uh, Yankees, if they get to play at Atlanta. Garrett Cole, Max Freed. I'm in on Freed now. took me a little while. And the nightcap, Clayton Kershaw and Kevin Gosman. Kershaw's doing things. Um, I I don't know where I saw this, but somebody was saying sell high, concerned about, I guess, injury or regression to the mean on his stats. Do you agree with that? I,
1: I think it's always worthwhile throwing the name out there because he's going to drive top 10 starting pitcher value on the trade market. And there's the risk of injury, which you and I have talked about extensively. I would not be attempting to sell at any sort of discount, though.
0: No, it turns out I'm like either winning or a point out in both labor and tout. Um And I haven't done any moves in either one. So I should start doing that. But
1: <laughs> How well, many did you get tonight? Did you get any tout moves tonight?
0: Well, I, I got players in tout last week. I overpaid for Boehm and Clint Frazier. And then, of course, the Yankees didn't play. So that looks silly. Um Let me go check how that right you, now.
1: How could you know?
0: You can't. And that's why this whole season is just, I don't know if I can even say the word. It's, it's a crapshoot. It's all a crapshoot, man. I mean, like, the Yankees are playing, are doing things. And their players are injured, and Mike Tachman should be great. And then they don't even play, and all these relievers are getting hurt. It's like nothing is normal in this season. It's hard to take it seriously, and that's part of my issue with it. Now, obviously, I'm playing in a bunch of leagues, but the point is, like, I think you you understand my point. It's just craziness. Um, let's see the results here. And if I got anybody, wow, I didn't get, I didn't expect to get him. So uh, I put in a bid. I need saves. I had Hector Naris on this. Uh, this is a mixed Tat Wars team, and I have Hector Neris, and uh, I need saves. And I'm, like, doing well. I'm right there. I got Daniel Bard, but I did not get the two that I wanted. I, wow, Miele Pagan went for $213. So, yeah, I wasn't doing that. Uh-huh. Um, I got Bard for 31 which is fine, actually. And, frankly, you know, the Pomeranz isn't dead. He's coming back soon, so he can supplant P- Pagan. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, actually. Um, and then the other closer I tried to get, I don't see who got him. But um, there was a good closer that was available. And who was it? I don't know who it was. And he, oh, Matt Barnes went for 98. I tried to get him, too. Matt
1: Barnes, yeah. What, how oh, much did go for?
0: 98.
1: Wow. Oh, that's surprise. So he went for?
0: Three times as much as Daniel Bard. I guess nobody wanted Daniel Bard. He went. Maybe for I don't want Daniel $10. Bard. Jeez. <laughs>
1: By the way, Workman in uh, Tal Wars NL went for 734.
0: So I'm not going to get him for 41.
1: Um no. I can so that's up $73 that. out of 100 dollars
0: Joey Bart went for $147 in Mix. That's that's a lot. Tristan McKenzie, one hundred seventy seven. And we don't even know if he's making more than one more start. But you can't think that way. You gotta think, well, he's really good. But he's not this crazy good. I mean, that was a double digit strikeout game in his debut. I guess it's now time for the hash browns. So let's bring Kyle back in here and then we'll answer your trivia and then we'll all go home. We all, we all are home, but we'll all, we'll all go we on to other go things.
1: home again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Justin was the first one to ask a question on Twitter. He wants to know if you're still expecting Tim Anderson's
0: Babbitt to regress or is he just one of those players that constantly overachieves? Yeah, I might be wrong here. I, I, I if he does it in two straight years, then obviously, <laughs> you know I I seem to be wrong about Tim Anderson. He looks fantastic. He's batting 368, Tristan, six homers, only nine ribs. Because although that you know, with the DH, he should have more RBI than that. Um, he's three for three on steals. He's also got three walks, but it suits him somehow. He's getting away with it. And if you look at his peripherals, he's hitting baseballs hard. He's hitting them all all fields. This is not, I mean, now, okay, this, oh, these numbers against, le- did you see this? His numbers against left handed pitching? His OPS, he's batting 583 against left handed pitching with five of his six home runs. That, that concerns me.
1: It should, yeah. I mean, you he don't want to guy— He
0: OPS against right handed pitching this year. Yeah. Oof.
1: Now, defending him, crazy high hard contact rate. The other thing, too, is he has, Improved a little bit on the chase rate. Instead of being one of the very worst in all of baseball, he's just kind of bad. Forty-five uh, percent last year in that category—that's a bad number. Down to thirty-seven percent this no. season. So at least he's being a little bit smarter with his swings.
0: Yeah, but I, I, I see troubling factors. His ground ball rates up. Oh, to no question. No question. at four fifteen. No way. He's not hitting three sixty-eight. I'm going to say he still hits under three hundred. Uh, I'll be wrong, but I. I This profile can't work. It can't work this way. If you never take a walk.
1: It's not 300 for the year at year's end. It's 300 from today forward. I don't care what the stats are today. When we're making this decision, it's about today forward. And I'm with you. It's not hitting 300 the rest of the year.
0: I don't see how he can keep doing this every year over year. This is a 240 batting average profile. Hitting 368 again. Okay, next.
2: We're nearing the midway point in the season, as crazy as that sounds. Mike wants to know, one
0: player you're done waiting on? Well, it wasn't Robbie Ray until Tristan talked me into it. <laughs> um, who am I done waiting on? Okay, so that's a different question. Um, Gosh. There's a lot of guys I'm done waiting for. Um, I was – right. Well, let me look at the most drop list because that's always a good way to – like Mitch Carver, I was – I was getting to oh, the point there. Oh, I
1: think we had our A number one. We mentioned him on a previous show, Matthew Boyd.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The strikeout guys who are giving up too many home runs and walks. Man, I don't Robbie Ray, I need the strikeouts in that league. I what all right, here's a well, okay. What about Otani? He's not hitting. Now he hit a three run homer today, but he's definitely not pitching, so that advantage is gone. And he entered he entered Sunday, okay batting 165, albeit with uh, four home runs and two stolen bases. But that's not what we expected out of Otani. So do you give up on Otani, the hitter, or the home run on Sunday makes you think, okay, I'm in?
1: I think the homer convinces me to give him a little bit more time. And I'll allow myself to make the case that switching roles like that in season because of an injury – maybe threw him off a little bit. If he doesn't do anything this week.
2: alrighty. so we're out on Otani. We had a question requesting a Joey Barton
0: name game.
1: We did a mini one before. We can add more names.
0: I I mean, like, what's your top 10 for catchers right now? I mean, it's it's bleak, (laughs) isn't it? it?
1: Yes, it is. But it was at the beginning of the year, too.
0: I mean, I said to you, Bart or Wilson Ramos. I would go Bart. Um, Yadier Molina?
1: I think I'd still go Molina. He's I, Sal Brez just hit
0: the injury list. Mitch yep. Barber's on the injury list. Yep. Will Smith just came off the injury list and Homer today.
1: Yep, he'd be ahead of Bart.
0: Sean Murphy. I mean, I like Kiner Falefa, but it's all stolen bases and nothing else.
1: Yeah, I, I'd probably go Bart over Kiner Falefa.
0: So I think Bart is – Bart not probably – at risk, a, like
1: Yeah, he's probably close. He's 10, 11, 12, I, I think. Just looking at it quickly, yeah.
0: Life comes at you fast. And he just got called up too, so it's like it's a little strange that we love him this much. He wasn't supposed to be hitter over pitcher, hitter over defender.
1: the The position is bad. You might as well take the chance on what you don't know. It's the great Eric Carabel line.
0: I do, I do like the fact that all three of his hits are doubles. But yeah. I mean, he's not going to hit three seventy five. He's probably not going to hit two seventy five. But um, I, I just every time I watch Wilson Ramos play, I mean, like he's never going to beat out a hit. That's for sure. He's not hitting for. He's not driving the baseball. So I picked up Cabert Ruiz in the league, and I got nothing. And now I got to drop him and find another catcher. All right, we have the last question here, and it was going based on your unwritten rules from last podcast. Ryan
2: wants to know if it's fair or foul to bench your hitters in a head-to-head format when you already have the ratios in hand, and he plays in a league where strikeouts—the volume of strikeouts—are a category. So you'd essentially be sitting on ratios and taking the under in strikeouts.
0: That's absolutely fair. I agree. What That's on? what I told him, but I wanted to test you guys. It's a way to win the league. In fact, somebody didn't somebody win one of your leagues last year, Tristan, this way? Tout Wars, was it? They did. You're shaking yeah. your head.
1: No, they I mean, did. I hate it. I, I absolutely hate it. Look, and actually, I approve of the way it was done in Tout Wars – the players added were not legal based on the Constitution. But if you want to put in nine injured or minor league players, okay. But I think you need to fill the lineup. You need to to to, to allocate your roster resources.
0: Why? why? Why do you need to do that? Because Why, why do you the- get
1: to stash nine extra bench guys because you don't want to start them in your lineup? You should have to cut them.
0: But there's no rule that says you have to.
1: I think you should. I think that should be a rule. That's me. Well, I, I don't agree. Think you should have blank lineup but spots.
0: I agree. There should be a rule. But if there is not a rule, then anything
1: goes. Correct. You're correct. I I don't like it. But if it is a rule, I get that. I respect the fact that it's that that's in the rules.
0: Like I don't. I don't like the person who did that. Good for them. They found a loophole and they used it and it worked.
1: I, I would prefer to see people forced to lose those resources if they do that.
0: I agree with you, but I don't I also don't like rules being changed in the middle of a season. So they must update their constitution or rule book to make that clear. But yeah, I mean, look, unwritten rules, I mean, you have a chance to win and it's within your league rule set, you do it. Mm-hmm.
1: So
0: I'm okay with that. I know you. I know you're not happy about that
1: answer, Tristan. But like, it, it is. It's. It's. There. But it goes. It's. It's like fantasy football, where people have that matchup on Monday night and they're winning by three points, and they bench their quarterback from the Monday night game. I don't. I don't like that. Do it's it. Not. You Milo should lose the player. You should not be allowed an extra bench spot. You have a seven man bench, for example, in your rules. You have a seven man bench. If you put an eight there, you have to cut someone.
0: If, if I'm like in my, my, if more of my championship game. Than actually doing it, I, Kyle. You would do it, and so would I. If we not. were up two points and all we had left was Monday night defense, we absolutely bench them to win that week. Uh, in
2: all fairness, I would cut them too if that's what Tristan needed me to do for rule standpoints. But yeah,
1: yeah. If, it, if it's if it's a if it's a league where it's got decent jelly beans in it, and you know, I know the commissioner, they're coming up with a good set of rules. I'm making sure to make that point to them, and I know when. The majority of my leagues, that's what we write in.
0: I, look, I don't care if there's jelly beans on the line or not. I mean, like, if if I have a chance to bench my Monday night defense to save a win, you know, and, and worry about like a a a, um, a scoring change later in the week, you know, maybe I deserve to lose, but I would sit them. If it's in the rules, you do it. That to me, that's not that's that doesn't fall under unwritten rules where you have to do something. Not to me. I understand your point. You don't have to like it, but um,
1: – Yeah, but if the, it's in what, the rules, what, I get it. If
0: it's in the rule book in the ESPN leagues, you can absolutely sit – you can sit everybody on Monday night. It's only about how many people are on your roster, not how many people are active or on the bench. Um, okay, uh, I guess that was it for the hash browns. Um, any, any personal hash browns from you? So I told you about my Robbie Raykin under him. I don't, I don't want to give up. I, I, I know you're saying, like, he, he. I should give up, but, like, I don't want to.
1: I just like, think Molina from Pina is enough of an upgrade to justify it, especially why? if you have Anderson.
0: Why is that enough of an upgrade? I mean, Manny Pena was fine last year. and only league, yeah. my second catcher, I have Real Muto. Like, I don't see why that's a problem. I mean, Manny Pena, he has two home runs. They both came in one game, but, yeah, he wasn't very good last year. Seven home runs. But how many Molina hit? I, I, I yeah. Look, I'm not arguing that Molina's not an upgrade. I'm just saying like whenever you're making a trade, you're saying make the trade because Robbie Ray is going to be so terrible that he's going to kill me.
1: I just – yeah, I I have some real questions about his control.
0: Oh, well, we've always had questions about his control. I have some
1: serious questions about them this year.
0: Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm probably going to give him another start. It just seems wrong to me to trade for a second catcher, but – um, all right. What was the trivia question? I, this is going to be hard to answer. But, <laughs> oh, like, I'm should, just going to say Maddox and But okay. <laughs>
1: okay. So it's uh, I need the two pitchers who were ERA qualified, had a sub-250 ERA and a sub-1 whip on the same team. Only one time. The Reds are on track for this this year with Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray. But one team in the fantasy era, 1980 on, had two pitchers do this. They finished second and third in the Cy Young voting that year.
0: Second and third in the Cy Young.
1: They did, neither one won the Cy Young. They were second and third. Really? Pretty darn good reason why the guy who won it won it. <laughs> it's a great year for pitching. Oh,
0: okay. Um, so it's not the Pedro year, obviously, because that was not a great year for pitching. <laughs> um, man, okay. I, I mean, like, I was going to say Maddox and Glavin or, you know, Maddox and Smoltz, but I'm sure that's not right, is it? Nope, you're shaking your head. Okay. I'll um, tell you that both,
1: both, both pitchers are active.
0: Oh, okay. That makes it a little bit easier.
1: What about so Greinke? As a matter of fact, both pitchers, both pitchers are active and in the same division. Okay, so Greinke, you got one of them, but can you name the other? What was the team and who is the other?
0: So it's not Kershaw then?
1: No, it is Kershaw.
0: So it's Granky and Kershaw.
1: It's Greinke and Kershaw. What year?
0: Fourteen? <sighs>
1: Nah, you're close. 15. One year off, 2015. Yep, fifteen. And do you remember why they didn't win the Cy Young?
0: Who won the Cy Young in 15? In National League? Oh, yeah, like, he, oh,
1: he was good, and you're very familiar oh, with him.
0: Oh, it was Arietta's
1: year. It was Arietta's year. Yeah, you got it.
0: All right. Well, that was interesting. Um, good trivia question there. So, um, obviously, fantasy football is getting big now, but we're going to keep trying to do baseball as long as we can, and with the same triumvirate of musketeers as we. Uh, <laughs> as we've been doing for the last month or so. But, you know, when it changes, we'll tweet you out and let you know. But um, right now our schedule says the next show will be Wednesday night uh, for release on Thursday morning. Keep sending in those hash browns. And um, what can I tell you? I mean, I'm enjoying baseball. Despite the Philly – I'm just laughing at the Phillies bullpen at this point. And, you know, you know the virus, they're playing through it. I mean, obviously that Mets situation hurt the Yankees this weekend. So you're going to have a bunch of doubleheaders. You know, and you know that in those doubleheaders, Judge and Stanton and Sanchez aren't playing in all both games of those, any of those
1: doubleheaders. You're right. Yeah. Certainly.
0: Certainly not Judge or Stanton. So to me, like, I mean, can you give us any word on other Yankees we want to pick up? I mean, they haven't gotten to play a game since Glaber and Jackson went out. Is
1: Clark Schmidt coming up? They're going to need, they picked up Jordy Mercer in the infield, who, if he factors into regular playing time, I suppose in an AL only league, not that excited though.
0: No, I I can see why. All right, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. For Kyle Sapi, he's awesome. And Tristan, happy Cockroft. I am merely Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week.